great future. We're talking real money. Okay, hurry, really quick. You don't have time. Change everything. It's time to fix your tax return. Go back and file it again. Do something. Come on. It's it's late. I know. This is like tax tip time. Don't you hate it? You, you, and, and you're probably one of those people who waited. But uh, even if you didn't wait, whoa, have we got some tax tips for you. Ho, ho, ho. So as depressed as you might be, particularly those of you who have yet to do your taxes and those of you who, like someone we know who will remain unnamed and won't be pointed at or made fun of, uh, have to write a giant-sized check to the IRS before you file your extension, um, you, uh, you know, a lot of people do wait till the last minute. So that's why we're going to help you out today with some super califragilistic tax tips, Tom. And, you know, I want to see an F-22 flyby with my name on it, actually, considering what I just sent them. So I can mean, we make that uh, arrangement dude, of some kind? Dude, or? You know, now you gave away who the idiot was who had to pay oh, too much. I, see. <laughs> huh. I didn't pay too much. I paid what I had to do. As you said, that's a made lot. money, pay it, pay it, get made over money, it. Yeah, so, it. But I have to say, uh, I, I, I know it's a lot to, and it would be a lot to almost all of our listeners, but we're not going to name the amount, but it would not be enough to buy a fighter. Not even, no, not that's... even. Not even an old World War One fighter during World War One. I, <laughs> I see. It wouldn't finance. It wouldn't finance the whatever. Pl- I can can't even come up with the plane anyway. The sop with camel. Uh yeah. But no, there's. Uh, believe yeah, it or not. Believe British. it or not. There's. There's still. Okay. Pardon me. Well, I could send it to England. Maybe they'd do something better with it. Uh believe it or not, there are still a few things you can. This is really, really really last minute all right okay number one can you do what well here's one thing you can do file an extension now that that doesn't save you from taxes but it gives you the chance to go back in and look at all the things you might be missing Hmm? okay Mm -hmm. because yeah everybody knows you got everybody knows their legion (laughs) exactly (laughs) there's a deduction around every corner (laughs) You got it. You got to find those underutilized deductions. I love that. Travel, yeah, dining, one. home office, electronics, auto. <gasps> you know, I don't. For example, I don't take the. I could do something in the auto because I drive around in referee games. I should do that. That's silly. I should do that. You but could here's do a that, easy but you ones. could only do that for your self-employment income. You see, that's why these I things. Know. I no, mean, that's right. If but you that would work offset. for an employer, even but but if you work for an employer, and even if you your work, you have been working from home, like so many have. If you work for an employer, you cannot deduct your home office, for example. Right. That's right. Can't Sorry. do it. You have to be self-employed. Can't. Okay. There's another couple beyond filing the extension and looking for more deductions. You can still, yeah. believe it or not, you can still make an IRA contribution right up to April 15th, right? Yeah. I believe. Darn and it. how about- I should do that. And you can still make, this is for 2022, you can still make an HSA contribution, believe it or not, for tax year 2022, all the way up to $7,500. I can't do that either. Okay. There's a couple ways you can. You're not really helping me out much. I mean, I'm I'm not eligible (laughs) for My job's not to make your life better. My, you don't make my life better. Why not making your to? life you better? Don't even, so. you're, you're only talking to me right now. You have no idea who else might. There might be nobody else listening. So I think these <laughs> tips should be for me. Go ahead. Give me I one see. that works for me. That I just gave. I just, uh, that's the whole that's thing, it? man. That's the you, entire, you shot the your, entire, okay. the whole, yeah, yeah. gone, the whole the, the 75 yards, 19 yards, whatever it is. Are so, empty. Yeah, no more it, sidewinders. So. That's it. Yeah, that's the end of that's the road. Okay. Well, fired that done. was a short show. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great talking. Disappointing. Everybody.
I'm Don. That's Tom. Uh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about the and 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 they say that you can't get out of paying taxes, but it appears that since 2008, there has been a way to pay zero taxes on income in retirement. And that's not, we're not talking about municipal bonds, right? No. And we're not talking about, you know, moving to another place and not paying the federal government anymore. We're not, because we don't. Right. We're, we're not, not talking about cheats. borrowing from a life insurance policy no, like those no. little, yeah. yeah no. No, no. How, it, no, how is this possible? What is, it's not tell easy. Tell us, Tom. We're dying <laughs> to know. It's, it, it, and it, this, there's about 7%. Of uh, filers have qualified for this since 2020. They pay nothing, and uh, nothing. the total includes 34,000 filers earning a million dollars or more. Nothing, nothing. So there's okay, a zero percent tax rate. Zero huh? percent tax rate. Yeah, um, but investment income—that's what we're talking about. So you got to build the right type of portfolio. You got to take the money out of that taxable account. This does not come from an IRA or a 401k, right? And then you take it up to the amount. This is another advantage of taxable accounts for retirement. You know, I'm often saying, I know I say all the time, well, you know, if you can't do an IRA and you can't do a Roth, well, go ahead and get a regular old taxable account and buy ETFs in it. Now it turns out that if you live off of that capital, those capital gains and that dividend income, I think it's just interest income. No, it's dividend to, up to the fifty-eight thousand no. on capital gains it's and dividends net for capital filers. gains right. and dividend and, income. And yeah. dividend. Investment for, income does not work. I mean, yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, uh, yeah, right. It Regular depends on your definition, right? Regular income, but that's up to fifty-eight thousand uh, dollars for single and one hundred and sixteen thousand dollars for married uh, joint filers. So you can you can take all that income out of your portfolio, right? Pay yourself right. and pay of a right. zero tax rate. Pretty cool. That is, you know, now now that I think about it, it really does make this concept of taxable accounts way more attractive than they used to be. So here's yeah. the deal. Let's just look, let's just lay this out for someone in retirement. You can, I just want to make sure I have all this straight. You can take out as a married couple from your taxable account that could be your ETFs uh, you know your your stocks and bonds and things like that you can take out in capital gains or dividends up to 106 117,000 dollars basically yep and not pay a penny and not pay a penny now remember i mean if you're getting income from other sources that's this is going to be a problem right but yeah but like uh, the, the this this example in the Wall Street Journal, it's a, a married filer, age seventy and seventy two, just taking the standard deduction, can earn up to a hundred and twenty thousand dollars of income yep. and have that zero percent rate still. So this goes back to so if you're listening and you're forty or thirty five, mm-hmm. we regularly suggest you know really current putting all the things you can't, all the money, pardon me, things into your pre-tax, your Roth, and then brokerage has always been the the second, the, the afterthought. Well, under today's tax law, nah, I'd be, I might be balancing between those three. I might really be throwing more money up the post-tax account, brokerage account. 
um, and and setting that aside because that grows. And then you, as you said, you can take it all the way up to a hundred and basically $117,000. It's a heck of a deal. It really is. And it's one that not very many people know about. It's kind of one of those. Yeah. And here's the deal though. You've got it. We've got it. There's all, there's some fine print. This does not apply to taxable interest, like from bank accounts or bond funds. Okay. This does not apply to the interest. It's only stock dividends. It does not apply to withdrawals from pensions. It does not apply to short-term capital gains, so it doesn't work for traders. It doesn't count uh, for Social Security or IRA distributions or Roth distributions. And, by the way, what happens is the income that is eligible for zero actually is is a, on top of other income. So here was a, another example. This was from the journal. Your tax a, a couple's taxable income after their deductions is $90,000 from their IRA withdrawals and pension payments. So now their 0% rate limit is $89,250 uh and then above that it's taxed at 15%. But if you could lower your IRA withdrawal, if you're if you're taking too much and replace that with income of capital gains and ah. dividends, you can get the the a larger amount at a zero rate. So and it this actually is the part, now yeah. is starting. This is a with. This is really actually can be you. a complicated strategy. It's a withdrawal strategy in many cases. It's, a it's also a strategy. saving. It's a saving strategy because you should be saving something in all three of those locations. So yeah, you got to know your tax rate. You got to know your withdrawal options. And the government has given you good news race recently in the fact that you do not have to pull money out of individual retirement accounts or 401ks until age 73. If you're born 1960 or later, not until you're age 75. So if you're a married couple and you've got the portfolios that we suggest, the properly built stock and bond portfolios, you can you can really get very close to a zero rate. Now, remember, you're not going to pay a zero rate on your bond income. You're not. But you could get very close with proper planning to a zero rate on almost $10,000 a month in income withdrawn from your taxable account. Wow. So basically really what that means is those deferred capital gains that we've had all these years could actually be tax-free capital gains. Basically. Yeah. Because you take them up to the limit, you take the money out you spend it. I think it's a terrific strategy. And again, at the end of the day, because most of us have other income, you need to know your withdrawal options. You need to know your tax rate and you should be playing this. If you have post-tax money, brokerage type money, very, very carefully to have the smallest tax bill because most of us can have other income, but this is huge really. And it's hard to believe that it's 7% of filers. Wow. I was really shocked when I read that. And uh, that's a lot of people who are really taking advantage of quite the deal. But you know what it does is it illustrates just how stupid our tax laws are, doesn't it? It does because it's a mishmash. It really makes no sense. And again, this is, I hate to use the expression because it sounds negative in some way, but it truly is a loophole, right? I mean, the idea, it was never, there was never intention for people not to have to pay tax on, on this sort of thing, but, but okay. But it's there today, by the way, it could go away tomorrow because you never know what Congress may do next year with, with when they decide to, cause they got to update the I'm tax su- law anyway in 2026, I believe. So I'm just surprised that they haven't, you know, in their budget negotiation sat down and went, 
whoa, who's letting this go through? Well, they still let the backdoor Roth IRA go. I know. I thought Come they'd on, kill that, that too. Yeah, it's going bye-bye but at some point. So you, this is something to really pay attention to in two instances. If you're saving, you should be putting money, as I said, in a brokerage. If you're living off your money, you should be looking at all this very, very carefully. And by the way, this is just to blow our horn a little bit, another reason to have an advisor, because an advisor I, I will do this better say, than you will. Another reason to have an advisor, <laughs> yep. another reason to have somebody who helps you with your taxes, another reason yep. to have both a financial and investment plan and a tax plan and an income plan in retirement. Because a lot of people just go into a retirement with their hodgepodgey portfolio and no plan as to how they're going to generate income. They just go, okay, got the social security check. Now, do I need a little more? I'll get it from there. But a plan is 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 really powerful. It, 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 it can improve your attitude. It can make you feel better about life. Putting it together is stressful, but once you get it done, then your life has some order going forward. So it's worthwhile. It, it, and this is really, really powerful. So we thought we'd share this. Um, now before we go, I got a question here for you. Yeah, I, I got so. a question. I thought, yeah. I thought, and if you can't answer okay. this, I will, because I've had a chance to think about it. It's a little unfair that I just popped these on you, but you know, that's the way we do that's it. That's all here, right. right? I, I'm, yeah. I, it's a challenge. It keeps my mind sharp. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. This comes from Matt in Hyde Park, sharpening. Utah. Hyde, <laughs> Hyde Park, Utah. He writes, uh, hi, Don and Tom. By the way, somebody else wrote, hi, Ron and Ron Don and, or something. Yeah, oh, thank that's going to be the uh, new thing now. Yeah. Thank you for your great show and insights. I'm struggling with a portfolio decision. I currently have 50% in the Fidelity Total Market Index, 50% in the Fidelity Total International Index, and 10% in the Fidelity Mid Cap Index, and 20% mm. in the Fidelity Small Cap Index. I think that adds up to 100, right? 50, 70. Yeah, that does. I'm strongly considering adding AVUV in place of the mm -hmm. Fidelity Small Cap Index. I've mm -hmm. always believed the research shows that the lower the fee, the better the performance. However, it seems the prevailing belief is that AVUV will probably outperform in the future. It certainly has this year. If you were in my shoes, what would you do? <laughs> oh, this is such a tough argument, this whole thing about uh, fee, uh, particularly in the case of something, because they're not. we're not talking apples and apples nope. with the Avanta small cap value ETF. Thank you. Uh, there's actually a little bit of, let me say this, it's not active management, but it's rules-based management that goes on. And they end up with a portfolio that is smaller on the small side and more value-y on the value-y side. The fact of the matter is, though, the Avantis U.S. small cap value for what it is is still pretty darn cheap. At How many uh, basis point, points is it? I mean, point, how much? 0.25. Yeah. Um, and the Fidelity Small Cap Index is, I want to double check because I haven't looked at it in a while. Um, where do you go? FSSNX is its yeah. symbol. And the web is being really slow. Oh, well, it's actually one-tenth of that. Whew. That's, That's a really cheap, cheap fund. Yeah. That is a And what do we expect wow, in the future? that is a really cheap fund. We expect that uh, we don't know. <laughs> that's yeah, that's it. We don't we don't really know. Again, if we woke up and we were building the portfolio house, here's how I would build it. I would put 40% in the Fidelity total market, 40% in the total 
International, Fidelity Total International, and then I would put 20% in AVUV. And that has nothing to do with the fees or the argument about that. It's simply because I truly believe that over a long period of time, those factors that they incorporate into the Avantis small cap value fund will, even though they're, even though it's more expensive, will outperform the Fidelity fund. That's my personal belief, but I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here, really. And the reason is really simple. You see, this isn't because of any magic. This this isn't because they have a secret. It, it, it there's no you know nobody's smarter than the market. It has to do with the simple fact that when you go with smaller companies, you're taking more risk, and when you go with more value oriented, lower uh, uh, book values, you're you're going you're you're taking more risk. So it's a risk reward thing. It's just kind of a way to force you to take a little bit more risk and still be comfortable doing it because you've got great diversification. And so far, yeah. Well, bearing, how about bearing it? in mind, what are we doing? bearing in mind yeah. that this fund only has four years under its belt. Yeah, it's, it's, it. it's, it's short track record to be sure. But so far, yeah, it has substantially <laughs> oh. outperformed small cap. How much? The index uh, by about eight points. Over those four 30, years. 33% versus 25. So it's made up for that difference in expense yeah. ratio under that scenario. Oh, so well, Way, way, way more. Yeah, but we more. don't know, by the way. The the, the aspect, the, the reason that I trust more smaller companies and more sort of value tilt, if you will, is that going back 100 years, that's just made you more money. The next 100 well, I hope they look like this, but we don't know that for sure. Absolutely And not. the whole point of the small value tilt is to find a way to expose you to that, How, but with the bulk of your portfolio in the more plodding, stable stocks that don't scare you as badly. It's really kind of a mental balance. Plotting stable. Is that how like Microsoft and Tesla and Apple, they want to be referred, Amazon want to be referred to as the no, stable but plotting when, stocks? When you look at the, when you go past those couple of stocks that are at the top and you look at, you know, drug companies and manufacturers, car companies, all the things that make up the, the bulk of that, really, when you get past those big high flyers and you look into the bulk of the small and or i mean the uh, the the total market you see a lot of plotting stocks like a procter and gamble and the like they've been going along Plotters. for a long time they're Plotters. profitable they're growing yeah makes sense so anyway that's what i would do okay and you what would you do then under even knowing the last four years would you go with the fidelity or would you go with the avantis oh i mean it's in my portfolio i i did it a couple of years avantis okay there you go I, I, when we're getting to this degree of difference and it is really small, we're granular, it's granular, it's truly granular. When we get to this point, the difference between 1% and a quarter of a percent is a big hit on your portfolio. The difference between a quarter of a cent and two tenths of 1% is still only you know, a quarter of or two tenths of a percent or two one hundredths of a percent, I should say. Two one hundredths, not two tenths. Two one hundredths yeah. of a percent. Yeah. yeah. So but it's still it's not, you know, we're still looking at not a big difference. If the fund outperforms by two tenths of one percent a year, that's all it has to outperform. 
Yep. And I then suspect it will. Game. Yeah, I but suspect it will. But we don't know that. Nope, but we, we don't, don't know that. But 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 if you're just looking, all other things being equal, if you're not trying to asset allocate like we do, if you're not trying to use this uh, this this research that we believe in, uh, then yeah, you want to just look at fees and go with fees. And by the way, if you're deciding between the Fidelity Small Cap Index and the AVUV, you're already in the top one percent of asset allocators in the country. So if you always wanted yeah, to be in no the top one percent, here's your chance. So good for you. Look at how smart you are. Indeed. You're a smarty pants. Um, hey, if you uh, want to get in touch with us, ask us questions, um, call 855-935-TALK. You can call that 24-7 or live on Saturdays from 3 to 5 Eastern. Or you can send your questions in either verbally or in writing at TalkingRealMoney.com. The other thing you can do there is if you'd like to have a little meeting with one of our advisors, we've got uh, people lined up just waiting to help you. And in a very phone lines are way. open, Don. The phone lines are yeah. open right now. I can call in right this moment. Very unique way. You're not <laughs> going to get ah. a sales pitch. You are ah, just that. going to yeah. get something really cool. We call it actionable help. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. I got Sometimes that from my therapist from last Tom. week. Yeah. Tom, Tom uh, just, just talked to somebody today, you know, and they were so excited to hang out in the model military aircraft museum with him. Yeah. And they're actually, you know, th th there's some changes to be made and they're going to, they're going to be in great shape. So, but either way, happy to help, help a lot of people that need more help, less help, all those kind of things. So yeah, go to talking real money. You can ask us for help there or yeah, the telephone or. still works. 800-386-3004. Yeah. Love Time to call it a podcast. That's it, man. I'm done. Tom's over there. What do we do? Well, we talk real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. And to keep the lawyers happy.